The Pilgrim Life is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Welcome to Pilgrim Life Podcast, where we find the sacred in everyday life. We're your pilgrims on the journey. I'm, my name is Deborah, and joining me today is Sandy. Hi, everyone. And we are hoping to talk about um, something that's happening right now, actually, or something that um, reminded us today. We were celebrating Epiphany, and as I was doing my annual house blessing and cleaning i also remember today is a very special feast day absolutely one of my favorite saints who who is that saint andre Bissette. brother andre brother andre he's uh, he's part of my family too and before we get into that i i guess i need to apologize we need to apologize for the length in which we have been away it has been the craziest thing um for the last couple months every time we've sat down to record Either something has happened or our, you know, we things came up and we couldn't sit down together or, you know, we were working so hard that we so much time lapses when you're working, you know, and you're like, oh, it's been three weeks since I've talked to her, you know, it's stuff like that. So we, we apologize. We sat down multiple times and tried to record. In fact, I think we sat down like three or four times to try to record um, about Chamayo. Yes. And it's like, apparently Chamayo does not want us to talk about it. So we will, we will postpone Chamayo for another time. And we're going to go straight to um, Canada because I believe that January 6th is the feast day of our favorite saint right now. Well, today's favorite saint, which is Brother Andres Set from um, Montreal. And we, uh, Sandy and I have a very um, special relationship with him. Uh And, uh, and I think it was because, um, I don't know if you want to tell the story about how we came to know brother Andre. Yeah. Um, it was really bizarre because, um, you know, I had gone to bed and, you know, just normal and I was just having like this dream and it was, you know, St. Joseph and, and it was like, brother Andre and brother Andre. So I woke up and first thing I did after, you know, having my cup of coffee, I called you and I said, who is brother Andre? And from that point on, we started researching and less than a year later, we're in Canada at the Oratorio St. Joseph. And can I I just put in there that I was super envious that you had a dream about St. Joseph? I'm just saying... (laughs) <laughs> because you know um that's that's the funny thing if you hadn't made that connection about saint joseph before is that uh he had what four dreams recorded in the bible yeah i think so you know uh, with the like the angels telling him what to do and blah 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 uh but so it's kind of um interesting that uh saint joseph should visit you in a dream <laughs> I, but anyway so yeah after we figured out what who uh, brother Andre was, we were like, well, what does he want with us? And since our business, so to speak, is pilgrimage, like, well, there's got to be a 
something attached to that that we need to know. And then here's the other fun thing that um, some of you know um, or watch maybe EWTN. Um, and there's a um, travel show on there that I don't rem- recall the name of. I'm sure you, uh, Sandy, you know what I'm talking about. It's mm-hmm. um, Peggy and something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't have, you know, my cable provider doesn't have EWTN, sadly. So um, I was in, it was, a, it was a couple months later, I was praying a novena to St. Anne for her feast day. And so it had been in July. And I was just like, what is this Brother Andre? That's in the back of my mind. And St. Anne. And then it, it occurs to me, there is a pilgrimage from Brother Andre to St. Anne. Uh-huh. And um, I called, I called you <laughs> in because I was living in Florida at the time and I called you in Arizona and I said, Oh, I think I know what we, I think we're, we, we know what we are supposed to do with, with brother Andre, with this whole conundrum about brother Andre. And it's, um, there's a pilgrimage route between, um, brother Andre's oratory, um, St. Joseph's oratory in Montreal to St. Anne de Beaupuy in Canada. And that's how that all got started. Then a year later we were sitting in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but we're going to talk about Le Chemin de Sanctuaires. Um, I know my French is horrible. If you speak French and you know I just butchered that, um, I apologize. I have a Nebraska accent and um, I should have been speaking German. So, you know, French and Nebraskan don't mix very well, apparently. Um, but uh, before we get started on that, so you want to, I just read a a slight biography on Brother Andre, too. And it was actually a book called The um, God's Doorkeepers. And it's about three very um pious i could call them doorkeeper saints um that in their regular life they were the doorkeeper of their parish because they you know nobody could trust them to do anything more tedious than that um brother andre was one of them and so was uh uh casey solanus and then um was padre pio so it was a really cool book i highly recommend it it's uh called um God's doorkeepers. Anyway, so um, Brother Andre was sickly, and um, he was born at the end of the 1800s, I want to say. Well, somewhere in the 1800s. I don't have his birth date in front of me, but that's okay. Because his death date, actually, I know that much better. Um, It was January 6, 1937. So he's a, a modern saint. He's, you know, somebody from the past 100 years. But what he did was phenomenal. So I, I don't know if Sandy wants to talk about a little bit about what he did, but I I was actually just talking about it two days ago. Um was showing a friend of mine pictures of his oratory and pictures of um, the crutches that are in there, kind of like Lord's. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, you know, there's one quote um, of... Um, from Brother Andre that I love. And, you know, it just kind of showed, like, his humility and, you know, his sense of humor that he said that um, when he got to the brothers, they showed him the door and he never left after that. You know, and he just remained, you know, being the, um, you know, the the doorkeeper. Um, He had a special relationship to St. Joseph. Um, And when he started, you know, he would go to this, like, little piece of, you know, land and, um, you know, just started, you know, just kind of like 
working slowly and then you know they build like this itty bitty like little chapel and people you know were kind of going over there and they say that he wanted to buy that land um you know to build a chapel over to saint joseph and you know what he did um it just goes to show you that when God wants you to do something and it seems impossible, well, Brother Andre will definitely show you that nothing is impossible with God. And he started with a very, very small chapel. Um, and then, you know, it just kind of like built up and, you know, eventually, you know, it went from a tiny, tiny little piece of land to this absolutely extraordinary absolutely extraordinary oratory in in montreal yes um the so what brother andre so he was a porter at the notre dame college there mm -hmm. and people would come to see him as the mm -hmm. porter and he would give them haircuts and he would mm -hmm. <laughs> he would listen to them and it got so uh, so many people were coming to see him that it was kind of clogging up the doorway that they told him to take his business down to the subway <laughs> and start seeing people at the metro station because it was causing too many problems at the college. So he would hear their confessions and, and see them at the, at this, um, you know, at the college. And, and he had this devotion to um, a French tradition called um, St. Joseph's oil, which is blessed um, olive oil that you could anoint people with or blessed. Um, and boy, do we have, and boy, do we have a story about oil. <laughs> yes, I'm going to have Saint. We'll talk more about that here in a, in a little bit. But um, so, Brother Andre used to go through the infirmary at this college and start anointing people, and they'd be healed, and they'd get up and they'd leave. And the doctors got really miffed about that and told him to stop doing that, even though he was healing them, <laughs> mm -hmm. or God was healing them through. Just, you know, we, I know I'm going to get Catholic letters about this. Like, you know, see. Saints don't heal. God heals. Yes, God heals. Anyway, through the intercession of St. Joseph. But uh, people would come to his little... Um, so once he, he had this crazy following of people, he, they're like, he's like, can I, you know, I've been raising money with these haircuts and donations and whatever. Mm -hmm. Can I build my own church? So they're like, yes, you can build your church across the street on the mountainside, mm -hmm. on the hilltop, mm -hmm. on a Mount Royal. Um, and so he bought this he built this tiny little, it is tiny, this tiny yeah, little yeah. church that's still there. Mm -hmm. And then that became overrun with people. And then it, that's when he started building the Crypt Church. And even that was too small. And so by the time he was, they were ready to build the Basilica, um, that's about the time Brother Andre died. And when he died, over a million people came to his funeral. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and this is January in yeah. Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? Um, I, I wanted to say, you know, but like, um, you know, about Brother Andre is that because he was an orphan, um, you know, and, and he was like so frail and he lost his dad and all that, it was like, he turned to St. Joseph as a father figure. And yeah. that was one of the, you know, and I just think that that's pretty amazing, you know, that like we have, for example, um, Our Lady, um, we have, for example, St. Joseph, 
and they can feel such a big part in our lives, you know, especially when we've lost our parent. Yes, yes. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, and you know, I've never thought of it that way because I, I didn't make that connection about, you know, his being an orphan plus his devotion to St. Joseph. That's an amazing mm-hmm. thing to think about. Um, but what I wanted, we want to talk about um, specifically is the pilgrimage that is happening um, every summer in, in Quebec. There are mm-hmm. actually three of them. And um, you're saying three of them. What are you talking about? So there are three different routes because somebody in Quebec walked the Camino de Santiago and said, Canada needs one of those. And so they built it. They built it and they will come. So <laughs> it brought, you know, two crazy Americans to to walk one of their routes. <laughs> so there, uh, there are three routes. Um, they are about 12 to 18 days. Mm-hmm. And it is like a... There are only um, a month's worth of time and specific dates and a specific number of people allowed to walk on those dates during the it's it's very highly organized because, you know, much like the United States, um, Canada does not have the pilgrim infrastructure that Spain or Europe has. Mm -hmm. So towns are a little more spaced apart. Um, You know, there's there's not, you know the Camino route, which has been there forever. It's, you know, highways and um, country roads. And so they had to do a little more planning so that pilgrims could get um, from one place to another without killing themselves on the highway or, or dying of heat stroke, which I almost did, or, um, you know, or uh, walk too far without finding a place to stay. So they wanted to make sure it's all organized and um, relatively inexpensive, which is also hard to do in Canada and the United States finding a place to stay for, you know, 10 euro or $10 mm-hmm. is really quite challenging. Mm-hmm. So um, there are three different routes, like I said, and I'm going to say them in English because I tell you what, I can't pronounce them in French. Um, one of them is the way of the Chiminda Navigators, which is the way of navigators. And it mm-hmm. starts on, um, it starts on the East coast. It starts right at the ocean, I believe, and walks to um, the oratory or to St. St. Um, uh, Anne de Beaupuy Church, which is the National Cathedral of Canada, by the way, um, which is outside of Quebec City. So that's kind of where that one ends. And then there's the Way of Ottawa, which starts in Ottawa and ends at the Oratory in Montreal. And then the w- route we took, which was the Way of Sanctuaries, which starts in the um, Oratory of St. Joseph in Montreal and ends at St. Anne de Beaupuy in Canada. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely like amazing the experience with the people that hosted us. You know, yes. we, I mean, in, in some cases, you know, we stayed with, um, you know, in people's homes. You know, re- you remember the other time that we stayed, you know, um, at an old, you know, um, old folks' home. I mean, yes, it was. <laughs> oh my god, it was amazing. It was the, the weirdest. And, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, they they give you a a book of directions in Mm -hmm. French, like you pay, you pay a, um, a registration fee and they set up everything for you, including a step-by-step directions of how far to walk and where to walk and where you're going, Mm -hmm. which is entirely in French, um, kind of challenging when you, your French is a little rusty. Well, mine is like, I don't even want to go. Your French is Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and a little of Italian, but you know, whatever. But I try. I try. <laughs> oh, she tried very hard. And she actually, you know, she probably understands more French than I do, but it's just because she's Spanish and she has that background. You know, she speaks Spanish. But um, it was, um, so the way this organization works is that, in fact, the deadline to sign up for these trips for this coming summer starts, I believe, in a week or two, starts in January. And then once they're full, then they stop taking them. But then, it, you know, you have to pay once they accept you, you have to pay like, I think, two or three hundred dollars Canadian as a registration fee. And then I I don't know if it's still the same it was when we walked it in 2013. But um, when we walked it, we had to pay 15 Canadian dollars every place we stayed per person, which is mm -hmm. not terrible. Kind of a little more expensive than the Camino Frances, but um, the accommodations were a little more private and the showers were a little better if there was a shower. And the water was always hot. And the water was always hot. There was a couple places there were no um, bathroom or bath facilities. There were restrooms, obviously, but no, um, no showers. Mm -hmm. Like the first place we stayed the first night, there was no shower. Mm -hmm. um, it was a um, like an Optimist Club kind of setup, and they let us sleep in the basement. And so there was, you know, a bathroom, obviously, and blow up air mattresses on the floor. And we were very grateful about that. Mm -hmm. But it, it, we couldn't take a shower that night. No. Yeah. No. And then there was the hottest day we, you and I walked. And then oh. we stayed in another and we stayed in this other um this was like midway through we stayed in this other place. Um, and, um, I was just, I had almost had a heat stroke. I probably did have a little bit of a heat exhaustion. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and so I could not wait to get into a, a shower that night and kind of just regulate my body temperature. And then we got there and no shower <laughs> mm -hmm. and yeah. yeah and, well, and steaming well, hot. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the other thing too that is interesting, you know, about um, about this this pilgrimage is that you know you would have just assumed that the weather would be, you know, pretty much the same. You know, being that it's June, maybe an occasional shower here and there, or, you know, or like hot days. But my goodness, we experienced tremendous storms a couple of times. Oh. Where it was just like literally, <laughs> you had to walk at an angle. The wind, the wind was so strong. You there know, was and a, then other yeah. days that it was like, oh my god, I'm going to die. Really hot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there mm -hmm. was one day it rained so hard and so long and so and so like sideways kind of rain mm -hmm. that um, I remember being utterly just soaked to the bone to the point where. And this is this is probably too much information for our podcast listeners, but here we go. Um, I remember um, the sensation of feeling water. I was so saturated, water dripping from my underwear into my my hiking pants. And I'm like, that's an odd sensation. Uh -huh. I was just that wet. And then when I walked into a pizza place, like I, I sat down and I apologized profusely to the waitress. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm and I left a puddle like, you know, a couple feet long mm -hmm. and like an inch deep <laughs> mm -hmm. i've never been that wet you know from rain ever in my life and i even lived in florida so it was just the weirdest weirdest weather but we're, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves um yeah. a little bit but um the pilgrimage itself is um 18 days for this one specifically but you could also do a half pilgrimage because the halfway point is um 
Three Rivers, which is not the French way to say that, but I'm just going to, we're going to refer to it that way. Um, And it's the um, Our Lady of the Cape Shrine and Basilica, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I had no idea what that was like. That was a an amazing discovery for me because everybody mm-hmm. kept talking about, Oh, when we get to Cape de Madeline, it'll be cool. And I'm like, what is, what's that? And mm-hmm. what are we, what are you talking about? And mm-hmm. even that day, the weather was kind of that in the morning. And I remember being just grumpy about it. And um, when I got turned and I was grumping all the way there. And once I turned the corner, I'm like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, something else fantastic happened that day too that i did not know was going to happen and it was truly probably one of the highlights of the trip which was it was the 125th anniversary of the miracle that was at that basilica Mm -hmm. and we and they had this huge you know candlelight procession and mass and Mm -hmm. and pilgrims from everywhere and it was it was crazy it was amazing and crazy at the same time yeah, you know what? That particular day reminded me so much of a place that I love with all my heart, Lourdes. Oh, yeah. And I just remember, you know, like the procession and the candles. It was just like, it was almost like I had the same feeling. I felt like I was being transported or maybe, you know, the whole experience of Lourdes, which is extraordinary, you know, was there. And, and it was just like, the devotion, you know, to Our Lady, it was just—it was extraordinary. It was absolutely it was, extraordinary. It was extraordinary and multiple. Um, and mm-hmm. I guess we'll pause and and before we start over, um, because it was a super moon that night. So mm-hmm. this big, bright, full moon was rising mm-hmm. above the Saint Lawrence over this church, mm-hmm. and people were standing there chanting the Hail Marys and the Rosary in French over loudspeakers, and everybody had candles and there were candles everywhere and and it was just phenomenally um sacred yeah it and, was and, just and yeah go ahead and not only you know not only um you know not only that it was just the weather you know mm-hmm. it's like we had had you know such extremes of, of weather you know from like rain to just unbelievably hot weather and i recall that night was perfect yes it was it was it was absolutely fabulous mm-hmm. um so let's let's start over and talk about um the the route um like i said is is 18 days and when we did it it was 18 days and most of it was highway walking it was not mm-hmm that's probably the one fallback on that is that it was mostly highway walking and um which was disappointing in a lot of ways to me because you know when you come off the camino and it's trail walking basically it's one long trail with Mm -hmm. a few highways and a few a few this and that but mostly it's you're by yourself walking along a highway is just not as exciting but you know this 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 made up for it in other ways but yeah yeah. but but the other thing too you know is that it like yeah, we, you know, we did a lot of highways, but it wasn't like, you know, like freeways, you know, like they would, you know, like what we have here in the U.S. There were a lot of, you know, two-lane roads. And some of the two-lane roads were not necessarily that busy. Right. Um, I would have liked to, um, you know, to have, you know, like you said, a little bit more trail. 
But then again, you know, it's like the Shemin, oh my gosh, it was, the experience was just like my first Camino. It was just life-changing. It was life-changing. I am... Now, the funny thing about the about Canada and I and most of you who are from Canada or from Quebec or listening to this and have visited that area, maybe you'll be like, duh, you didn't know this. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so I, I live in the middle right now of Nebraska and Sandy lives in Arizona. And, you know, at the time, I um, a little bit after, I, you know, I spent most of my time in Florida. There are not a lot of saints in the United States, not in my area, not in my neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about Sandy's neck of the woods. if She has more um, saints from that area. But, you know, United States, we're kind of we're kind of low on saints. We're a new country in a sense. We don't have the, the Catholic history um, built up like um, like a lot of European or or other nations. And so when I got to Canada, I didn't realize how many saints they had. Mm-hmm. It was it was life. It was mind blowing. It was life changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, not only that, a lot of, you know, a lot of these saints, they really um, like changed, you know, like the culture or contributed to uh, to the culture, you know, of like, you know, the French speaking part of, you know, of Canada. Uh, in terms of like what they did, you know, taking care of the poor, you know, the orphans, um, establishing schools. Um, I mean, it, it, it was it was absolutely extraordinary. Remember, yes. remember the night that we went to um, the cathedral, like over in Montreal. Uh, yes, the uh, Cathedral Holy of Notre Dame. I was just thinking about that. So um, this is something that I both um, I loved and I hated for um, one reason is I don't think Catholic Church should charge admission for anything. But um, if you go to downtown Montreal um, to uh, the Cathedral of Notre Dame, or you know, uh, in the old part of Montreal. Uh, every, I think during the evenings in the summers, mostly probably maybe not during the winters, who knows, um, they do a, um, unveiling of their mantelpiece and a, so like a history and a kind of a late show and it's spectacular. And mm-hmm. it, it's like, it was like 10 or $15 to get into that. Um, but it was worth, to me, it was worth every penny. Cause it was like one of those where your jaw drops to the floor, like you're starting in total darkness and then all of a sudden things start to light up and, and then all of a sudden, you know, they, they drop the veil and you get to see, you know, at the very end, the, um, this beautiful, um, altar that's in that church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but and, yeah, and, and it also gives you, you know, it also kind of gives you a, a history of, you know, like the saints up in Canada. And I must say, you know, um, I was ignorant of the many saints and their contributions, uh, you know, to, to Canada's culture. Exactly. So it did, they, they talked about, you know, how Montreal started, how new Canada, mm-hmm. you know, new France started and how this is, you know, the huge, the saints that led you, you know, that left, you know, France and, and came and, and, um, helped colonize in, and start this this new territory, this rough territory. And it was fen- phenomenal. It was fascinating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because um, one of the, the nuns was um, just down the street a little bit too. And um, what was it? Um, uh, the the Church of the Bon Secours. Um, and we could never figure out how to say her name. Um, St. Marguerite de... Um, 
Bogen something. It started, and you kept saying Boyardi or. Yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I, I think all of our listeners know that um, my I try to speak French, and I try really, really hard, but it was uh, I I fail miserably. I'm gonna look her up quick. Um, great. Um, but anyway, so that was a like like I, we started to joke, and I actually wrote a a book that has not been published yet um, about this experience because I, I, we started to joke that, you know, we have our St. Posse and mm-hmm. we started adding a saint of the day every day. Like one mm-hmm. would come out and be like, Oh, Hey, look at me. And it was um, just that happened to be that day that I was like, who is this? There's a saint like right here. Who is this? Yeah. So um, I'm looking at Borgos. my journal and I was saying Borginon. Yeah, it's like Bourguignon, which makes a little sense. Um, I'm trying to Americanize it. Saint Marguerite de Bourgeau could be a way to pronounce that of Montreal, and it's Canada's first female saint. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that cathedral um, also, or that little church, um, overlooks the Saint Lawrence, and it's beautiful. And you should go down and see it. Anyway, oh, so remember, remember how they have the the lamps. You know, in yes. like the shape of a, of a ship. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just like all the little details, you know, are amazing. And that's one of the things about being a pilgrim, you know, is that um, when when you go as a pilgrim, and this is something that you can do, like in in your everyday life, you know, yeah, it's just look at things, just take the time, just see. You know, um, because when we happened, you know, um, you know, onto this, onto this church, it was just like the wood, it just smelled wonderful, you know, mm-hmm. and then like the lamps that looked like ships and the candles and it was just, it was just um, the, 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 the awareness and the awe, you know, just, it just mind blowing. Yeah, it was just mind blowing. Um, I got to tell a little story and then we'll we'll talk a little more about um, the oratory, too. We'll talk a little more about Montreal. We mm-hmm. might save a little bit for a second portion of this yeah. a second episode, because I just realized we've been talking a lot. And um, it's like we're, you know, 30 minutes in or so. And we really haven't talked a lot about everything that we saw. Right. But um, while so Sandy and I wandered into the gift shop and um and that's where you start the tour and you have to pay extra for the tour. And like, we're like not rich people. And, mm-hmm. and um, so Sandy's trying to talk up the guy behind the counter to give us a free tour, you know, and that's not happening. And what he is doing is following me around the store and trying to sell me big ticket items. <laughs> like he's mm-hmm. walking around and like, mm-hmm. how about this? And it's like this 12 foot statue of like the Virgin Mary. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I need little things. I'm, I'm hiking across I'm hiking across your country. I need something I can put in a backpack. And he's, so he's giving me like these 10 pound books. Like, how about this? I'm like, no, I need little things. And then he's like walking around. Like he did that three or four times where he'd grab these huge things off the shelf and hand it to me. And I'm like, no, I need little things. And so he he walked over, finally walked over to this little table and pulled like one of those, you know, pocket size prayer books and handed it to me Mm -hmm. and i kind of like gave him that look like you know of 
you know, rolling my eyes, kind of like, okay, whatever. And I opened it up and, you know, remember what I opened it up to? I don't. It was a, it was a, a meditation and a prayer called Little Things. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. And we have this thing about, um, we had this thing about Teresa of Lisieux because you have a very, very, very uh, special relationship with her. Yeah, Teresa and I, and I have a sibling kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the little flower and I, um, she and I have a weird relationship. I don't, I can't say I have that relationship with any other saint, but, um, but her, and it's more of a, um, I don't know. Um, you, you, I, I, I love her, um, novena, um, where, and you know, if you, if you've ever prayed the, the novena of, um, St. Teresa, the little flower, um, supposedly, and I can't say it happens all the time because I, you know, I can't speak to that. I can only speak to my experience. Every time you pray it, even if your prayers technically aren't answered, like you don't get what you, you aren't getting what you want. Um, she will give you a sign that she's listening. So, and it's usually a rose, but it's not like, not like, like a, sometimes it's not a real rose. Sometimes it might be a, a, a symbolic rose or, um, or even a fake rose. But, um, so uh, we have a special story that's actually in my book about um, something that happened between me and um, me and St. Teresa. That was just kind of like it was a showdown and she won, of course, because she's a saint. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, did she surprise us on our way yeah. to uh, St. Anne de right? Yeah, St. Anne de Beaupuy, something like that. I'm sure we will get letters from angry Canadians going, you pronounce, mispronounce our cathedrals and our towns and our saints. You know, what's wrong with you? Um, we're Americans. We apologize. I, um, I will have to say that I got the Rosetta Stone and I was practicing on the French and it's just my speaking abilities of, of the beautiful French language are just not there, but I am trying. Yes. Um, let's go back and let's, I know um, Sandy wanted to talk a little bit about our experience at the oratory. And if you haven't, um, the oratory of St. Joseph, and this might be where we're going to explain a little bit about what you're going to see there if you end up going there. And ironically, so yesterday I was, um, I was talking to my boss at work and, and um, currently I work for the Department of Sociology at the University of Nebraska. I am not faculty. But um, I I work within the department and I'm planning, you know, I'm planning their education abroad. I'm doing um, the Camino de Santiago. And so my boss is talking to me about making a pilgrimage class, the sociology of pilgrimage, um, for something to do on ground at the university. And she's like, we can do a North American pilgrimage. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, we can do um, Chamayo or we can do... Mm-hmm. You know, we can go to one of like to um, Xavier Del Bach in Arizona or we can, you know, I started listing them off. And she's like, you could always go up to Montreal to um, St. Joseph's Oratory. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I was not that I was surprised, but I was kind of surprised it fell out of her mouth. Like, really? Because, yeah, I, I would totally if we could get university to help us set that up, I would totally take students to. Mm-hmm. To that oratory because it mm-hmm. was just that marvelous. Mm-hmm. So um, that is where 
you start. That is where you get your first stamp in your pilgrim passport. Yes, there is a pilgrim passport to this. You get a lanyard, a pilgrim passport, and a blessing. They they want you to go to the oratory and see the priest on d- duty to get your pilgrim blessing. And then mm-hmm. the directions in French start from the the oratory through the streets of uh, Montreal. Mm-hmm. So Sandy and I went the day before because we're like, we wanted to sightsee. And um, I got to say, getting off the subway and going around the corner, I was blown away by the sheer size of it. Mm-hmm. I, did not ex- I did not expect it to be uh, as big as it was. No, it's, it's monstrous. It's on top of a mountain. Mm-hmm. It is huge. It's like a castle. And there's two ways to get up there. You can walk up there or there's a bus that will take you up to the top. Um, so the first time we took the bus up because we were trying to save our knees, but you can, they have a staircase, both cement and wooden. And the wooden staircase is reserved for pilgrims who want to crawl up, you know, basically 10 flights of stairs on their knees. Yeah. I <laughs> and think it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, close, it's like, I think it's close to like 280, 300 steps, if I recall. Um, 800 steps. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I actually, if you remember, I actually went up on my knees, um, the entire staircase, and I had a lot of petitions and, and prayers. Uh, it took me quite a while, you know, and because every single step that I took, I said a prayer for a person um, or for an intention, and then I would move on to like the next one. And then it's like, you know, by the time I was kind of halfway through, it's like I'm going. Okay, did did I pray for this person? Did I do this intention? Um, you know, and and you know what? What's was weird though is like my knees didn't hurt. I don't I know mean, if I could do that right now. I, my I, knees I, hurt. I, no, no, no. But, you know, but when I but when I did it, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like a race um, or a marathon or anything like that. You know, it's like I just did it very slow. And yeah. and my knees did not hurt, and it was wonderful. Yes, I mean it. it I mean it really. Um, it kind of gets you closer to, you know, that state of of humbleness and surrender, you know, and just just peace, I guess. You well, know? and that's a lot of um, Catholic, for sure. Uh, cathedrals and, and uh, places of pilgrimage have um, designated areas for people mm-hmm. who are crawling on their knees. Mm-hmm. I know, um, I think Lourdes has one. I think, I'm pretty yeah. sure Fatima does. Um, I'm pretty sure Guadalupe, Our Lady Guadalupe has. Oh my God, you should see the people that, you know, that like crawl on their knees and it's all cement. Um <laughs> You know, I have seen, you know, couples, for example, or families, they're all on their knees. And if they have like, you know, like a sick child or something, they carry the child on their knees all the way to the altar. I mean, it's just like, it's just like amazing. I mean, you know, it might might be, you know, that um, people say, you know, people may think, for example, you know, going up the steps. You know, like up on your knees is like, are you like out of your mind? You know, <laughs> but the reality of the matter is that it's not like false um, humbleness. 
um, it's not, you know, like um, what they said on like Bernadette, you know, to the sister that, you know, was kind of like so mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, um, get off the cross, we need the wood kind of thing. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's really a beautiful experience and it, and it allows you to um, get closer to the saints that, that you pray to. Yes, or closer to to God too, yeah, you know, and yeah, yeah. Um, a way to sacrifice to to mm-hmm. get, you know, that that heavenly um, currency is sacrifice. You know, mm-hmm. what can we sacrifice um, to to sweeten our prayers? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I got to say that the oratory um, was my first official indoctrination to Brother Andre. And I got to say kudos to that oratory because Brother Andre is extremely accessible in there. Mm-hmm. His, you can go up to his his coffin, to his, um, what do they call it when it's encased in marble? Um, oh, there's a special word for it. Um, but you can go up to his his coffin and touch it. Like, not the, the coffin itself, but the, the um a marble enclosure of his coffin so you can like lay your head on there in fact i did mm-hmm, you know so uh, because it was just that accessible mm-hmm. and uh, you know i don't think i've ever had a saint that accessible to me mm-hmm. like in in my reality mm-hmm. you know as a as an american like oh hey i can go and and you know be where they are um mm-hmm. europeans have that they take that for granted i think um there's a lot of places in the world where they, their saints are everywhere and it's an everyday occurrence and, but not, not in the United States, you know, not, not here, not where I am. So it, it was a very special occasion um, to enter to the side of the oratory. Um, it, you go into a room that's all candles and it's oh an entire God, that room. it was was amazing um i don't even know how we can describe it to do it justice it was like a big hallway with every devotion to saint joseph you could think of Mm -hmm. and so there's just tons of candles like hundreds upon hundreds of candles in front of different um uh, devotions to saint joseph Mm -hmm. so saint joseph the worker saint joseph the terror of demons saint Mm -hmm. joseph um the you know the the uh Holy Family, St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, oh, it was, you know, lots of them. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, thing that, the thing that amazed me, you know, about like the, the, the chapel is the amount of items that were left there by the pilgrims, whether it be, yes. whether it be crutches or medals or you know, uh, uh, games and, and they're like hanging on, on the wall in like all of these like candles. And, you know, it, it's, it, I mean, it's such an extraordinary, you know, experience because when you see all of that, you know, you, you felt that you were in the company of all of your brothers and sisters, like everybody was there, you know, yes. I, I, I mean, it's, it is absolutely extraordinary. Remember the little alcove where there's a big statue of St. Joseph and like all of the candles and stuff up our lid. Wow. There's, there's so, so in the middle of all of this and actually 
if you go around the St. Joseph statue is where Brother Andre is, his um, tomb is. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the candles leading up to the statue of St. Joseph mm-hmm. is quite literally two, almost two stories. They're staircases, so you mm-hmm. could go light a candle. Mm-hmm. It's two stories tall. It mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's, it's kind of special to, I'm like, let me get on the stairs so I can go light a candle. And mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just... It's just amazing. I would highly, oh, I, I still, I still get, um, it's just one of those memories that I, I still have that I, I treasure. Yeah. But I, that, we weren't even in the Basilica itself yeah. yet. Yeah. And you know, and you know what, um, on the, on the, um, you know, on that candle, I mean, we're not talking about like hundreds of candles. We're talking, they had to be in the thousands. Yeah, I bet you're right. I bet there was hundreds of candles at each little station, but thousands of candles. In fact, the the temperature from the gift shop area, Mm -hmm. reception area to that hallway, the difference was probably 20 degrees warmer in there because of all the candles. Right, 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 right. Um, Then there's a crypt church, which is the first, like the second church Brother Andre helped build, but it wasn't big enough. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, and then you take an escalator up about two floors mm-hmm. to, or you can also take an elevator mm-hmm. to a museum, mm-hmm. which has um, a reliquary um, that has the heart of Brother Andre, mm-hmm. um, which I found, you know, Catholics are weird. I found both comforting and creepy at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. why did they take his heart out? Here yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, but um, and a little bit, you know, some of his relics and because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this is a poor priest. This is a mm-hmm. priest who had nothing and everything mm-hmm. he had and gave away. Mm-hmm. So you know, one thing I want to say, though, about the Crypt Church, you know, for those in of Canada, is that they hold masses there every single day. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't spend a lot of time in the Crypt Church, I think maybe 20 minutes um, so I didn't I don't remember a lot about it. I know you spent more time praying in there than I did. Um, Because then we we were there in the afternoon and it was getting close to closing time. Mm-hmm. And so we went up to the actual basilica part. And I mm-hmm. swear you and I and maybe one other person was in this grand basilica all mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. never felt so small yeah. in a church in my life. Like, like, I, I don't say that in a bad way. I, I, I say that in a very humble, I can't believe I'm here by myself in this great expanse. It, it brought me to tears. I, I literally mm-hmm. had to sit down and cry because mm-hmm. it was just one of those amazing feelings of where you see yourself and through, you know, you know, you present yourself to God and it, you're in this vast presence, mm-hmm. but you're just so small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you know what I think um, you know I think that um, one of the things that happens you know like being over in the oratory um, you know and and having those experiences you know it's um, it just kind of brings back the one thing that you know we always need to keep in mind is that God is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. we sometimes, you know, we when we're praying or, um, you know, we we go through, you know, like we go to mass, for example, sometimes we can become a little bit robotic, if you will, you know, going through it. And we forget how amazing and just like the awe of how wonderful 
you know, God is. And, and, you know, it's like, you're right. I, I felt so small. Um, but at the same time, I was also, um, I, I guess just kind of taken over the fact it's like, look, I'm here just like a tiny little person and God loves me and he knows my name and I'm, you know, I'm his girl, you know, he yeah. loves me. I mean, it's, it, it was an amazing experience. It was. And then if you stop, if you step outside of the Basilica, mm-hmm. like, oh, where, Sandy's like, where does this door go? And we mm-hmm. went out and there was the first church that Brother Andre yeah. built which was the original wooden church that was so tiny in comparison and just a couple people can get in there and, and they're, and it's chock full of crutches too. Uh Just, uh just chock full. And he, and brother Andre actually used to live right above it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and what they did is like, you can go like up these stairs and, and it just kind of goes to show you like how little he was or how small he was. I had a hard time squeezing in and just kind of fitting myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you remember how you go up to like the top, you know, and there's like the, the little kind of stairway and you can actually mm-hmm. look into his room and it's like, oh my God, what a sweetheart. He must have been all of like five foot tall. That's I how small so. he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see like, you know, uh, the, the bed, you know, where he was and just like the pot, pot, a table and a chair and, you know, like the little stove where he did his things. It's just, oh, I was just so sweet. Yeah. And uh, it was just, yeah, it's a special place. If I have to say, I cannot wait to go back to Montreal just to see it again, just to see, Mm -hmm. because I felt like we didn't get enough time there. I really did. Even when we spent several hours there, Mm -hmm. I felt that it was still too short a time Mm -hmm. um, to see everything and to kind of, and to keep all these things in my heart, you know, kind of to borrow, you know, Mary's, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, she kept all these things in her heart, but Mm -hmm. so that's, that's what I would like to do at some point is go back and revisit the oratory and, and rediscover it. Yeah. Um, you know, one of, one of the, uh, one of the things, you know, because it's like the, the whole shaman is going to take us, you know, I want to let, let our listeners know that it's going to take like a couple of uh, episodes to kind of go through it. But mm-hmm. there's, um, there's one particular thing that I wanted to mention about the oratory. Um, you know, we were like, you know, obviously like pilgrims and we're getting ready, you know, to do this. And there are buses that are coming up you know, with pilgrims, you know, from all over the place, you know, yes. and we actually met um, the drivers of um, some of those buses, and one of them, I don't know if you recall, um, had a prosthetic leg. Yep, that's right. <laughs> and we told him that, you know, that we were um, that we were pilgrims and that we were going to be doing the Shaman, and he's very, very, uh, this particular gentleman was very devoted over to, you know, Brother Andre. And, of course, you know, it's like, didn't think good stuff up about it. So I just kind of did the um, the little healing thing, you know, the little magic thing that I told the kids, you know, whenever they got a scrape, that it's going to be okay. And, you know, that I had like magic powder in my hands and, you know, placed the kiss and all that. And, uh, and we told him that, that we were going to uh, keep him in our prayers, you know, during during our walk. So 
if this gentleman is listening to the podcast up in Canada, just want you to know that Deb and I kept you in our prayers and, um, you know, and also, you know, going up the steps and, you know, we hope that you're doing okay. Yes. Yes. Um, and then listen, one more thing I want to say, and then we're going to, we're going to end this part of it because mm -hmm. I, we're almost, we're getting a little long here and I don't want you to be like in your car in the parking lot going, would oh, you shut up already so I can go to work? Um, so we're going to, we're going to talk about, um, I want to talk about the gift shop for a second and, and uh, something that's going to lead up to, we just, you're going to have to tune into our second episode about the Shemen to hear Sandy's story about this. So we actually didn't go into the church first off. We went into the gift shop. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and so like every typical Christian Catholic gift shop, you know, they're selling, you know, medals and crosses and blah, 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 postcards and bottles of oil, mm -hmm. like brother St. Joseph's oil mm -hmm. on the shelf. And it mm -hmm. kind of, I'm a little bit cynical. And I was like, what, what, why are they seriously, you know, why don't you just go to the store and buy some, you know, a bottle of Weston cooking oil and have it blessed and it'd be the same thing. So I was a little cynical about the whole brother, you know, brother Andre St. Joseph's oil thing. And I, I kind of, my cynicalness was just like, who buys this? Really? Okay. Um, so we did, um, you could get a, some empty bottles and go into the fountain and, and pour yourself a little, I believe, mm -hmm. or you could buy it already prepackaged and blessed and ready to go. But I didn't buy any and I don't think you bought in. Did you buy? Yeah. You bought one, right? Or two uh, or three. Did you buy the gift pack? I can't recall. I did. I did. I bought all <laughs> of them. She bought the gift pack. The, the three, three for whatever. And, and the empty bottle too, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing so, is, is that that is leading up to what happened a couple of days after that. Right. And something I cherish and carry with me a lot um, is um, what we're going to talk about in the next um, episode of part two of this, because I can't wait to talk about what happens um, on our third day of the actually second day, second full day, mm -hmm. because it was... Uh, an amazing it will only happen to sandy I, i'll let her tell it. but i think it's gonna have to wait so um if you like what you're hearing and again we apologize we are getting ramped up things are changing so fast in our lives right now mm -hmm. great things are coming our way um you know more more you know sandy and i have been given a blessing which is um our mission is pilgrimage mm -hmm. and, and it, it, it always surprises me how doors change and open for me um, because this is my mission and things, you know, things happen when it's your mission and you're following it. So Sandy and I are, are very excited that we are, um, our life is changing and possibly potentially more so towards God's mission for our lives. We're hoping mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. Here's hoping. And um, with that, we apologize because it, our recording is going to be um, still, we're still trying to work out the scheduling and things might get a little hectic again, um, depending on what's going to happen in the next couple months. But we will try to get a couple more episodes out on a more regular basis. 
And um, we thank you for listening to this one. And if you want to get in contact with us, I know we don't normally give out in the last couple episodes, we haven't given out our email addresses. Um, I know you can leave comments for us at um, SQPN, um, where our our podcast is housed. Um, but also, I guess you could also email us if you wanted to. Um, I don't have my SQPN email anymore. It used to be Deborah at SQPN, but I don't have that anymore. Do not send it to me. Um, but you can email me at Deborah.Shaben, S-C-H-A-B-E-N, at gmail.com if you want to. Um, maybe I can have um, um, that in the show notes. And how can people get a hold of you, Sandy? Uh, it's peregrinamom at gmail.com. That's P-E-R-E-G-R-I-N-A-M-O-M M-O-M, at gmail.com. And uh, I'll tell later the story about why the mom is at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But we, we want to... Um, let you wanting more from us so we're going to end it right now and wish you all a buen camino yes and remember find the sacred in everyday life and as brother Andre open the door to God's blessings in your life <laughs>